the Twins, for about the fourth time this year, have risen from the dead after we've... I remember last Monday, we were on this show and on the Touch em All podcast, pretty much just deciding who they should sell off and when, and now they're back in first place. So your takeaways from uh, the Twins sweeping Cleveland, Derek? There are definitely some some positives, and um, I should point out, too, that I was the let's wait and see guy, and I got made fun of for being let's wait and see guy, <laughs> and, and especially by the guy who's chuckling into the microphone after that last uh, retort. I like to apologize for that, sorry. Yeah, that's well, you're okay. saying Judd would, like, would mock and ridicule your positive yeah, opinion weird. and then I, I have to come it. back and apologize later? That's it's amazing. Shocking. And uh, so that happened again, and that's like maybe the fifth time that's happened this off season and season. But uh, but that's okay. I, the, there are a couple of positives that you can take out of it, and and one to me, this maybe got overlooked. But Saturday, they had absolutely no business winning that baseball game, and just because sports are weird and randomness happens, and you can't always predict this stuff, they go ahead and win. They beat Corey Kluber shorthanded with Kyle Gibson. And that win counts just the same in the in the win loss column as any mm-hmm. others. There, I mean, there are a lot of different things I could pick from over the weekend that make you say, "Oh, hold on a second, maybe these guys aren't dead yet." And I'm just fascinated to see what happens in the next month here because you're going to have to decide if you're buyers or sellers. You're not just going to sit on your hands if you're the Twins. It could still go either way. Perhaps the uh, the most remarkable stat of the three games to me was this. Cleveland, runners in scoring position in the series, 1 for 23. Right. They kept putting, they had guys on, they had guys on second and third fairly consistently. Right, but that's also... And they 1 for 23. That's not, so I, this is where I'm still very skeptical about this team for this year. Even They've given us two more months of relevancy than I ever expected. So I don't care what... This point forward, it's all house Hats money. Hats off, yeah. But when you hold a team to one for some godforsaken number, runners in scoring position, that's not a sustainable skill by any means. It's not... That doesn't override the fact that your staff ERA is five... Right. But you look at some of the the crazy twins facts, and then you and then you wonder how do they win despite these? They are they're still minus thirty eight run differential, which is tied for the worst run differential in the division and third worst in the American League. They have a sixteen and twenty five home record, which is the worst in the American League. They have the second worst team ERA in the AL, just under five, and the second worst bullpen ERA in all of baseball, over five. And in a league of strikeouts, the Twins have struck out fewer batters than any staff in the American League, and yet they win. And because they're winning in the face of all these things, it makes them more likable, and it makes them more fun. And we re- we wind up sort of resorting to hockey words to describe them. They must just be grittier or want it more or whatever it is to describe this. Um, if they don't change some of these things, though, bullpen ERA, uh, last three spots in the rotation – they're not going to be a playoff team at the end of the year if they don't write some of these ships. But it's fun to watch in the short term. There's the pessimistic outlook on that. The well, optimistic that's the, outlook. The realistic outlook on that. Sure. All right. Uh, I think that no matter whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, you think you're looking at reality. So I'll just point that out. The way that that's I really would look deep. at this. Yeah. Deep. I was reading some Nicholas Nassim Talib this morning. So if you want to go really wow. deep, we can. You know who that is, but not Mark Paul Gosler. See, that's what we <laughs> should have started. Why don't you prioritize a little bit, young man? <laughs> that's what we should have started the segment with. Uh, You've never listened to dad's speeches in Growing Pains if you're really looking for a philosophical. Watch the wonder you can get past these books. Here's the get optimistic way of looking at the twins is they are here despite having these bad performances. And now. You're well within your right to fix them. Go ahead and make a trade if you want. If you think that this season is worth investing in, you can get better. This 
uh, Cleveland runners in scoring position is a perfect example. On the broadcast, they kept saying, well, the Twins are getting themselves into trouble, but then they make their pitch. Well, a, a lot of this is just kind of fluky. Like Irvin Santana the other day, getting out of every jam from the second through sixth inning when he doesn't have his best stuff, doesn't have his best slider, can't spot his fastball. I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but I'm saying that if he does that every single time, it's not like he's an ace of a staff. He's had he's had a great year so far. Mm-hmm. The The way that I look at it, though, is you are here now. We get to point out all the flaws. We get to point out all the faults. The bullpen's been terrible. Starting staff, you only trust two guys. Offense can only save you so much. But you're here, and now, if you want to, you can build off of this. If you're Derek Falvey, if you're Thad Levine, you can take this group and say, okay, well, we are, like you said, Phil, playing with some house money. We got a bit of a head start in this race, but now we don't have to keep running slowly. We can become a better runner and try to run the rest of the race through the rest of the season. You are here. You continue time and time again when we think you're now dead to bounce back. And most importantly, you continue to do what we talked about a week ago and we've been consistently talking about for a month on this show. You look around the rest of your league and you say, Houston's really good, the Yankees, maybe Boston. But besides that, Mm -hmm. and especially in your division, Mm -hmm. you can continue to hang around. I mean, Cleveland is, I'm sorry, but unless something changes drastically, I'm not convinced that Cleveland is going to be the Cleveland that they were last year. doesn't mean they're a bad team, but they're giving you every opportunity. Look at their home road, too. Same thing as the Twins. They're giving you every opportunity to come back and keep yourself in this race. I think that there's a lot of things that you can look at. The Indians as a flawed team. I still think that they're the best team in this sure. division. I don't disagree. But if you're the Twins, go ahead and try and close that gap and, and mess around. I, I'm an advocate for buying right now if you're the 2017 Twins and... We'll see what ha- I mean. The next month is going to be the answer. It's it's not going to be a mystery on July twenty eighth. What's going to ha- we're going to have right. to figure out one way or the other. I have a twins theory I want to run by you, gentlemen. Hey guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch Em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three plus decades, and there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. The Twins feel like, to me, one of those rare teams that I think would be much better in a playoff series of seven games or five games than over the next three months of regular season. Because they have two starting pitchers you trust and maybe two or three bullpen guys at any given time. Kinsler's a rock-solid reliever. It's not lights out. But if you were to ask me, what do you trust more? The Twins to win a seven-game series tomorrow against a pretty darn good American League team? Or do you trust them to continue on and win the 90 games necessary to to win the division? I would say, I don't know what they're going to do with those final three rotation spots, but you don't have to worry about five rotation spots in a playoff series. Everything shortens up. So if I get Irvin Santana and Jose Barrios and then maybe one other starter that I have to lean on, a Hector Santiago or whoever that may be, and then I get to go back to Irvin for game four of a seven-game series... I trust the Twins more in a playoff series right now than I trust them to finish above 500 in the regular season. Is it weird to say that? No, I think it's reasonable, and it's one of the things that makes me think that the Twins should be buyers. For all of the people who say, and this is a very popular theory right now, well, 
there it's a nice performance good job in 2017 but if you give up any future value for present value you're crazy and you'd better you'd be better off just selling some of the parts whether it's Irvin Santana, Brian Dozier, Brandon Kinsler playing for the future and i don't think so because to me Jose Barreos changes the math i go in and i if if you were to say the twins have a 5 ERA as a staff and higher than that in the bullpen and they've got a lineup that you like, but you know it's not. They're not world beaters. It's it's a good lineup. Mm-hmm. I'd say, well, you got Irvin Santana, and he's going to have to go up against somebody else's ace, and you know you're just you're facing. It's an uphill battle in a playoff series. But if you have two guys that you really like at the top of a rotation, I'm not saying they're Clayton Kershaw, but two guys that you think give you a respectable representative start to give you a chance to win a game, even if the other team has an ace out there. Mm-hmm. That changes the math for me. You get to see it tonight, get... Chris Sale tonight. So you exactly like right. so, changes the math. So you like the Twins uh, potentially a lot in the uh, in the wild card playoff for sure. Well, I don't, that's a but that's a coin. You mean yeah, the coin but, flip but game? I, but I'm saying if, if you I don't know if I like Rios anything in that there, game. It's fun to watch, but and then the first round because that's a quick one. After that, I don't know. I still. I still look at this team, I guess, and come back uh, to the fact that I see so many flaws. Sure. That I don't know if I'm fully on board with what you're saying, Derek. But that being said, I do find it intriguing that every time we try and say, "Well, that's going to be it," now yeah. they have come back. Well, and, and good for them. That's impressive. I just wonder if we're just so close because we watch every game here that we see the warts so much more than we would on a team like the Indians. If you're an Indians fan, you're probably going crazy today that this team that you just kicked around and showed who's boss at Target Field now comes into your place. And shows you what's what. I I think that it's because we watch the Twins and we see the bullpen meltdown, and, and you know we watch them turn to Matt Belisle in important situations, or we watch uh, Brian Dozier or Joe Maurer not live up to the expectations that that we set for them. I think you're just much more likely to be familiar with your teams, the team that you follow closely, with their flaws, and, and not pay enough attention to their strengths. I still think the Twins need to add to be a good postseason team. So, Phil, to your point. Can they win a postseason series right now? Yeah, they, I mean, they could get lucky. I don't think they'd be the better team. But if you go get an eighth inning guy or a closer, the complexion of this team changes. You can bump everybody back. You've got three or four relievers that you trust. That's kind of what you need in October. I'm not saying they're quite there yet, but I'm saying they're not as far away as a lot of people seem to think. Just to illustrate this this point about you know how top-heavy the rotation has been with Irvin Santana, Jose Barrios, in games that the, the those two guys are starting, the Twins' record as a team in those games is seventeen and seven, and in the other games they're twenty two and twenty seven. So, th- so they sure, are right. they are on pace to lose, you know, whatever. It's a ninety plus loss team in games that aren't started by those two guys. In games that are started by those two guys, they're one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball. Which you could play that game. Yeah. Well, game started by Clayton Kershaw That's versus right. Brandon McCarthy. Or they try obviously. to use games in which Miguel Sano has a great game. The Twins. Yeah. Re- well, yeah. Clearly, That's yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a he grand tried- slam and a two-run double. Miguel yes. Sano drove in six runs. The Twins are great on those days. We can extend that game even a little bit further and say, you hope if you're going to the wild card game or the American League Division Series, you hope that you're the underdog playing it on the road because the Twins on the road have one of the best. So weird. One of the better home games. I still don't know what the I still don't know what the answer is, but I looked up their pitching numbers last week for a column for the website. They're one of the best pitching staffs when they're playing on the road, and they are the worst pitching staff 
at Target Field. I don't have the answer. Uh, it's not as simple as saying, well, the Astros beat up on them. Yeah. For whatever reason, if we can come up with an answer of this, I think it will define the season for the Twins. You have not won a game at, at home, I don't believe, against Cleveland all year long. I think you've uh, lost, mm-hmm. right? I think you've also, lost every home game to Cleveland. How is it possible You're great that, that you haven't swept Cleveland in Cleveland since 1991? That was the first sweep of Cleveland in Cleveland in 26 years. You couldn't accidentally sweep yeah. them at any point over 26 years. That's an amazing anomaly to me. Well, the, the Indians were great in the 90s, so you, that makes yeah, sense. But, not but after 2000. 2002 yeah. to 2010, you couldn't have made some. I, that's interesting to me, too. Yeah. But. Just uh, just go play your playoff games on the road and get a reliever decline. and maybe another decline starting pitcher, and yeah. you're in great shape. Man, Derek Wetmore, find his stuff covering the Twins on 1500ESPN.com and our Touch Em All podcast. You can find the Mackie and Judd On Demand uh, hours. You can find those on our show page at 1500ESPN.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll see you tomorrow.